This episode of the Lockdown Royals podcast is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. Go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCKDOWN, and get $10 off your first order. Wind blowing toward right field. If Alex could find something to pull, get it in the air, he would get some help. Familia's next pitch. Belted to deep center. Back goes Lagares. And gone, Alex Gordon. In comes the pitch. Broken bat, one hopper to third. And over to first in time. Runner going to try to score. Wild throw. Hosmer gambling that he could dash home on the throw to first base. And the Royals have tied the game. For the very best in baseball, this is the place you want to be. Let's get it going on the Locked On Royals podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. I am your host, Rylan Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore Styles. That's at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. If you don't have Twitter, email the show, LockedOnRoyals at gmail.com. You guys can tweet or email any sort of topics that you have for the show, any questions that you may have about the Royals or about baseball, and just everything under the sun that you want to discuss on the show or about the show, I'm always open to hearing from you guys. On today's show, though, we're going to end the week with what if, after the World Series, things go differently. 2015 was the World Series year. What if 2016 and 2017 unfold in a different manner? So we've been doing what if week here on the Lockdown Podcast Network. All of your favorite teams, whether it's the Chiefs or whoever, have been talking about what-ifs. And if you're a basketball fan, you can go check out Locked on Thunder right now and hear me talking about some Thunder what-ifs at the time that this podcast is released. It'll be up there on whatever platform you get your podcast from. Really appreciate it if you go check that show out if you enjoy basketball or enjoy the Thunder as well. And again, tweet me any what-ifs for the, for the Royals that you may have, or the Thunder for that matter. But for the Royals, tweet me any what-ifs that you may have. So far on the show, we've covered... What if the Royals send Alex Gordon you know, in Game 7 of the World Series, which is a fun topic to always discuss and will be until the end of time. I mean, we will be talking about that in 50 years you know, around Kansas City. Uh, but that's always a fun conversation to have. We've talked about what if the Royals do not trade for Ben Zobrist. We've talked about what if the Royals do not trade for Johnny Cueto. And then we talked about the postseason in 2015 where they really should have lost every single series that they were in. So now I want to talk about the aftermath of the Royals' postseason runs. The only two of my lifetime, the only two of a lot of you guys' lifetime listening to this show right now, the only two postseason runs that we've experienced, the aftermath of that. But first, I want to tell you about our good friends over at Built Bar. Built Bar is an incredible protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. They sent every host on the network a variety box of all their flavors to try and they're awesome. I mean, they taste just like a candy bar. They're covered in chocolate. The flavors taste like the flavors. I mean, banana nut bread tastes like banana nut bread. It does not have a weird aftertaste. It does not have a chalkiness feel in your mouth or you're trying to down a protein bar. If you've ever you know, had any other types of protein bars, most of them, all of them, I think, besides Built Bar, have that chalky and weird dry mouth feel after you eat them. But Built Bar is incredible, and, and, and they're enjoyable, and they're only 110 calories. 
They're extremely low in sugar, extremely low in carbs. So if you're looking at that angle as well, Built Bar is really where it's at if you need a protein bar, an energy bar for before workouts, after workouts, or even just to replace a meal. You can have a protein bar in place of breakfast. It's that filling. I mean, they fill you up. They taste good. They're awesome. I cannot recommend Built Bar enough. I truly love the product that they sent me. I love the banana nut bread. I love all of the ones involving peanut butter because that peanut butter and chocolate just tastes so good together. Uh, but go to BuiltBar.com right now. Use promo code Locked On, and at Built Bar, you can pick your box. I mean, you can pick what flavors you want, where and when and how much. They're awesome that way. You can make sure you get just the flavors that you think that you're going to like, or if you know what you like, just the flavors that you know you're going to like. It's awesome. BuiltBar.com, promo code Locked On for $10 off your first order. This episode is also brought to you by the audiobook edition of 24 Life Stories and Lessons from the Say Hey Kid. It is a phenomenal book that is a reflective and inspirational memoir from the legendary Willie Mays sharing his inspirations and influences that are responsible for giving him the guidance on and off the field. He is wildly regarded as one of the best all-around players in baseball history. The beloved Willie Mays offers people of all ages in his lifetime of experience of meeting challenges with positivity, with integrity, and meeting them with triumph. This special audiobook production includes a foreword read by Bob Costas and a bonus conversation at the end with Willie Mays and his co-author John Shea. Whether you're missing seeing your favorite players on the field right now or you're just looking for that perfect Father's Day gift, 24 is an inspirational story from one of the sport's most living and greatest legends there is right now. Buy the audiobook edition of 24 right now wherever audiobooks are sold. Again, that's 24 Life Lessons and Stories from the Say Hey Kid. So after winning the World Series in 2015 and the amazing parade with the incredible and memorable and just awesome Johnny Gomes speech of all people, Johnny Gomes was the one that makes an impact on the parade. But you also got the decisions. And if you remember correctly, there was talk about, you know, should the Royals resign Alex Gordon? Should they go after Ben Zobris and, and retain him? Ultimately, you know the story. They picked Alex Gordon. I'm not sure if it was even a discussion, though, within, you know, internally, if it was a discussion or if they all along knew that they wanted to retain Alex Gordon and, and keep that, you know, kind of Royals history, Royals tradition, Royals legend as a Royals lifer in Alex Gordon. Um, but they outbidded themselves. You know, there was rumors of the White Sox offering, you know, some 60 or something million dollar contract that, you know, and the White Sox offering more money than that. That was just never really based in fact. I truly do not think. I think that, that was just Alex Gordon and his agent doing a great job of driving up the price. Uh, but, you know, you look back and what if the Royals, you know, take Ben Zobrist over Alex Gordon? What if they pay Ben Zobrist instead of paying Alex Gordon? Ben Zobrist is a much better bat in that lineup. He helps you. I mean, he helps that lineup so much. And yeah, he's a drop-off defensively in terms of just overall defensive production. But he's so much better than Alex Gordon at the plate that it makes up for it. And he's so versatile as well. I would have much rather had Ben Zobrist. And I said this at the time. I said it all over Twitter that the Royals should have picked Ben Zobrist at the time. He went on to win a World Series with the Chicago Cubs the very next year. He is an awesome player. Now, of course, he's at a baseball right now and Alex Gordon is still holding on. But, you know, at the end of the day... I think Ben Zobers could have a better year this year than Alex Gordon could, and I'm not too worried about you know you know their current day situation. I'm more worried about the two years after this, the deal was made 
because those are the two that, that was the extra window to win those two years 2016 2017 is whenever you still had Hosmer you still had Moose you still had Kane add Zobrist in there and add Zobrist in there instead of adding Gordon along with Perez of course that's a good five with Zobrist that's a good five great five even you could say I mean in terms of uh, not in terms of like the numbers, but in terms of just top to bottom, a competitive lineup, which is all you need to win games with that model that the Royals were trying to win with. Contact, speed, putting pressure on the defense. You add Zobers to that, and you are a good team again. You are a playoff team again. Now, you might fall back to wild card range because of just how good the Indians got. You might fall back to the wild card. But with Zobers, I think that that really changes your outlook for the next couple of years. You know, if, if you take Zobris instead of Gordon. And again, there was a ton of pitching concerns, and the pitching really did fall off after that. But still, in just the one-for-one, one, I would have rather had Ben Zobrist. I would have rather had Ben Zobrist. So, you fast-forward to 2017. After a mediocre, literally mediocre season in 2016, where you go 81-81, and 81, 2017... You hold on, you even buy at the deadline, and you go 80 and 82, and this is where I killed Dayton Moore. And I did it at the time, so this is not retroactively. Literally, the day the move was made, I was furious. Furious. How do you give up Matt Strom? How do you give up these guys for Ryan Buckcher and you know the, and the guys that you got back from San Diego? I mean, how do you do that? That was just inconceivable to me for Brandon Maurer. You gave up Matt Strom for a team that was going nowhere. Trevor Cahill, that team was going nowhere, and they went nowhere. You also got Miguel Cabrera, I mean, well, not Miguel Cabrera, uh, uh, Milky Cabrera. That team was going nowhere. That was a nowhere team. You shouldn't have been buying at the deadline. You should have traded Hosmer. You should have traded Moustakis. You should have traded Lorenzo Cain. You don't buy in that scenario. Everyone knew that team was not good enough. That, that was a, not a good enough team to get back to the postseason or to win a World Series. You had to cash in. These are the tough decisions you have to make in Kansas City. Kansas City cannot afford to lose guys like Hosmer, to lose guys like Moustakis and Kane for nothing. And of course, Moustakis' career went a little bit differently. He didn't cash in immediately like Kane did in Milwaukee, like Hosmer did in San Diego. But you've got to get an asset back for them. You just have to. Because you can't go buy free agents. That sets your rebuild back so much. If you don't even get something for Hosmer, for Moustakis, for Kane, you don't get anything. That was a terrible decision by Dayton Moore. And again, it's not a popular one amongst fans. The, the Rays sell off pieces every single year. This year it was Tommy Pham, who's a great player. But he's not going to resign in Tampa Bay, and you cannot let him walk for nothing. He's too good. You can't let Hosmer walk for nothing. You can't let Kane walk for nothing. Now, Hosmer, I think, is overrated, and I was glad that the Royals did not throw him just a massive and terrible contract, because that would have been awful. You see even the Padres right now kind of regretting you know, doing that with Hosmer. Kane, I would have loved to have back. Kane's been incredible in, in Milwaukee. But you got to trade them for some sort of value, some sort of asset. Like, letting them walk was the dumbest thing that the Royals could have done, that Dayton Moore could have done. And they did it. 
And again, that's not a move that wins you popularity points with the fans, especially the casual fans that just want to watch baseball from, you know, you know they, they probably check in around May, tune out around the All-Star break if you're losing, or maybe they'll hang around to September if you're kind of in the hunt. But it's what you have to do to survive in Kansas City, and it's why they've been losing 100 games ever since. You have to replace that talent in the trade market. Like, again, this year... You, you need to trade, you know, if it was a normal year, of course, the, the, the COVID has thrown a wrench into things. But in a normal year, you need to trade, you know, Jorge Soler. You have to this year or next year. This year or next year, you need to trade with Merrifield. You're not going to win with these guys. You've got to get them off the books in the sense of getting assets in return because they're going to walk. They're going to walk. You can, you're not going to win with Merrifield. You're not going to win with Soler. Unless you believe that every single pitcher is not only going to be good in the big leagues, you know, if you're talking about Brady Singer, Daniel Lynch, Tyler Zuber, you know, if you're talking about all those pitchers getting to the big leagues in next year and being good, that's one thing. The problem is, though, maybe two of them get to the big leagues and we'll see if even one of them becomes good. Now, I'm very high on Brady Singer and I think Brady Singer is going to be amazing, but the odds do say that they're not going to instantly click once they get to the big leagues. They're not going to instantly become aces once they're in the big leagues, no matter how much talent that they do have. So that's just the bottom line. The business of baseball says teams like Kansas City in situations like 2018 or 2017, in 2017, you need to trade guys like Kane, guys like Hosmer, guys like you know, Moose. You need to trade those guys. You just have to. It, it, it's incredibly stupid not to. Incredibly stupid. But nonetheless, Dayton Moore did what he did. And this is where we stand now in Kansas City. A couple years later, and they're still losing 100 games. And again, this lineup now, though, this year in 2020 was one that I expected to be competitive. We'll see what happens, you know, if we do get baseball this year. But who knows what can happen with the Royals. They're not a playoff team this year. Uh, but they're at least just now getting back to where they're not embarrassing. It's not an embarrassing team to watch anymore. At least I don't think that they will be whenever we do see baseball back. Well, this concludes another week of the Locked On Royals podcast. Again, you can follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. It's at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. You can also email the show LockedOnRoyals at gmail.com. Let me know your favorite or least favorite what-ifs in Kansas City Royals history. What you want to hear me talk about for the next couple weeks. I mean, it, it, I thought we'd be on the you know horizon of baseball, but with the owners and players not having an agreement as of right now at the time of recording this podcast, I don't know what's going to happen. I really don't. And for the first time, for the first time this year, since the outbreak happened, since the season was suspended, for the first time, I am unsure if we will see any baseball this year. I had been steadfast on, hey, we're going to see some baseball. We don't know how. We don't know how much, but we will see baseball. Now, I don't know. At the time of recording this, I do not know if we're going to see baseball this year. Hopefully, by the time you're hearing this, news has broke that there's an agreement and they're going to get ready to play. But as of right now, I just don't see that happening. I just do not see how they're going to get over that hump of the revenue sharing and the contracts. But nonetheless, that concludes another week of the Locked On Rose podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. Be good and be good to one another, and we'll see you next week on the Locked On Rose podcast.